0: And welcome to Kulke, a podcast for all generations. Kulke is the Punjabi word which means open or openly. And at Kulke, we encourage you to listen Kulke, speak Kulke, and think Kulke. My name is Nimrit. It's Harpo. I'm Simran. And welcome to episode 13. And this is going to be an episode about self care. So when you think of self-care, what does that even mean? I used to think I knew what it meant because, you know, I'm a person who thinks about, okay, what do I need now? I ask myself that question. But what I've realized recently is, although I might be looking after my emotional, mental, or spiritual health, I'm not really listening to my body when it comes to self-care. And the way that's showing up in my life is for the last three years, for the first three months of the year... I've had this terrible sore throat and cold, which just drags on for three months, which is a long time. This year is the first time I didn't have it, and then I got it in June. And I went to see my naturopath and he looked at me and he said, you know, you don't have a virus, you don't have an infection, you're just nutrient deprived. Which to me, I was like, I eat good food, what's happening? So my body is under so much stress that it's not absorbing the nutrients it needs. And this happened just last week, and it made me really think about self-care. And I realized the way that I operate my life is I live in my mind. So my mind is creative. It journals, you know, it loves thinking about the world, thinking about concepts. I love reading. And my body is just a vehicle to carry my brain around <laughs> as it thinks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that is not sustainable. So that's where I am with my thinking on self-care. What do you guys think?
1: I think I'm pretty much like very similar. Um, I exist in a survival mode where I give my body three meals a day. I take it outside, walk it like a dog. Like, I don't really, (laughs) but I'm not really, you know, letting it live its best life, I don't think, (laughs) because I don't exercise as much as I could. The three meals a day, probably not the most healthy all the time. And there's a lot of justification for extra chocolate, but that's in my head like that's that's a self-care for my emotions. It's not a self-care for my body. So I can do the small things like get a face mask or have a bath or all those things that are like, quote unquote, self-care and what's talked about in terms of self-care most often. But I think that's that's emotional self-care. And I don't... I'm I'm the same as you, mom. I don't look after my body.
0: Hmm.
2: I think my relationship with self-care and caring for myself has just vastly shifted in the last, I think, I would say six months. Um, I was also, before, just very superficial, surface-level self-caring. Like, every Sunday would be self-care Sunday, where I would, like, have a cup of tea. I would take a bath with, like, lavender and bath salts. And I would watch my, like, favorite movies. Um, But I think self-care for me has changed and it's kind of been like revolutionized in the last few months i would say because self-care for me now has turned into like unraveling layers of myself and calling myself out on a lot of the bullshit that i've been just perpetuating for x amount of years and it's been a lot of just honestly being really really real and raw with myself and people around me um it's it's changed a lot i i think I used to think about self-care in the very capitalistic, uh, commodified version of it. And now I've kind of just realized, I think, honestly, two weeks ago, it finally clicked. Like Something snapped in my mind where I was like, ah,
0: this is self-care. And what's the ah? What's the this? It's honestly just tending to the most vulnerable parts of
2: myself and being really authentic and real with myself. And creating a self-care process that allows me to be that authentic self. And, you know, I, I think self-care for me has been nurturing and taking care of my inner child. And tending to things that perhaps went unnoticed for all these years. And it's taking on accountability. It's taking responsibility. That, for me, has been the big aha moment in the last, I would say, month for sure. But the last six months have been what's been leading up to this, like, big epiphany moment I
0: would say and how's your body reacting to that this new version of self-care
2: my body really likes me for it honestly I feel a lot calmer I was telling you this story earlier auntie where one time I was just standing in front of the mirror and I i think I was at one of my like lowest points where emotionally and mentally I was just very very drained and I looked myself in the mirror and I just kind of like looked at my body and not necessarily like my face and I realized wow, like I was talking to my body and I said, wow, you are great. Honestly, like how have you not fallen apart yet? I put you through so much. I treat you like shit. I put shit food into you. I put a lot of coffee and red wine into you. I do so much to you and here you are still standing. How are you not in a hospital yet? And I think in that moment, um, I was very appreciative of my body and I realized over time that my body, like you said, is just a vehicle for my brain. My body just takes me to and from places. (laughs) and um just kind of like sits there and I don't really pay attention to it where I'm like to my feet sometimes I'm like wow like thank you for for walking around for x amount of hours all day long my body Mm -hmm. is happy right now my body is thriving and I can see there's things that have happened in the last little bit that my body has really been appreciative of yeah
0: how's yours Simran?
2: Tired Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think there's been too much
1: neglect for too long Mm -hmm. Um, it's interesting because I think I even also go through periods of neglecting my emotional state as well, or like my mental health. So the survival mode runs real deep for all aspects. Um, and then right now I think I'm starting to appreciate, but also like properly acknowledge that I can't do that anymore because I can just keep hitting periods every like every big change or every transition or every really ends up being every couple years keep hitting big moments of like like low points because I'm struggling a lot but then I'm like, well, maybe it's because you keep pushing everything under the rug and trying to run in survival mode. So you go through a six-month period of like, let me sleep in bed and get over it. And then you get a job or you get this or you move or you do this and whatever. And then you're just like, you have all this adrenaline and that's what's carrying you. Hmm. So now I'm starting to slow down and be like, okay, let's let's start with the small steps that you can do to take care of things fully and know that that doesn't just happen with one bubble bath or Amen. <laughs> like you said, Harper, like a weekly Sunday, like it's not, that's not going to fix it or going to counseling just one time. If that's what you need or whatever it is, it's like you're signing up for a journey because like your life is going to continue. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. My life is going to keep going <clears throat> and I don't want to do this for the next like 60, 70 years. I don't. Yeah.
0: Because that's what can happen, the pattern of running off adrenaline. When you said that, I just mm-hmm. realized I have run so many periods of my life that way. It yeah. was well, survival mode of... And, and we have to, to a certain extent, for some situations. Like, you have to. Mm-hmm. You have to have that ability
1: to do that because that's how you thats how you will survive some parts. But on your
0: day-to-day, that shouldn't be... That shouldn't, that shouldn't be how, be how you live day-to-day. And I agree yeah. with you, you have to, but when it becomes something you do for 6 months to 1 year sorry but you don't have yeah, to yeah no you know exactly. it should be a one yeah. day or maximum a one week thing and then you regroup and i don't do that so what i'm really i don't I wouldn't say i'm worried about but i think what happens is if you run on adrenaline for a while your body sends you like whispers and then it sends you shouts and then it yells and then it it gives you a wake up call mm-hmm. and i've I've come very close to those wake-up calls at different periods in my life, you know, where my body just lets me know something Mm. is up, stop what you're doing. And what I'm so, okay, so how do I say this without judging myself? Well, actually, I am. I'm really pissed off at myself. I'm pissed off at the way I live in my mind because I have these occipital migraines, right? Which affect Mm. my vision. And I still keep on doing the same old pattern. Yeah. So so what I'm coming to now is I want to be engaged with my body. I don't want mm-hmm. it to be a vehicle for my mind, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like I want to, like right now as I sit here, my mid-back is so tight because I've been sitting for so long. So I want to be able to get up and move when my body gives me that sing- signal versus sitting for another four hours, which is what I do now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I want to, I want to talk about, do you remember a point in your lives where you felt that you were engaged with your body or in relationship? Because I remember when I was young, all we did was play outside all day in the sun. I ran around everywhere and I used to run races. And I remember the feeling I had in my body because I was one with it. And it could do amazing things. I could do shoulder stands. I didn't even know that that was yoga. But as a child, I just do all these things with my body. And then at a certain point, it's like I disassociated myself. Mm-hmm. And now I'm, mm-hmm. I'm having to find those neural pathways again. What do you guys remember?
1: I think I had the same disassociation. Um, I think probably moments that I can remember were being really engaged is when I played soccer. I used to remember, like, running around in the field and literally feeling like I was so invincible, like, so invincible. I was not particularly good at soccer, but I felt invincible. And I think it was mostly, like, the peak of that was when I was in ninth grade, I think. But I was playing on a team, a tenth grade team. It was league soccer. So the girls were older than me, so I already felt a little bit, like, kind of, like, you know, I couldn't really be their friends because they were older than me and cooler. Um, And so I just turned that instead of like socializing, I turned it into just spending all my time like properly focused on soccer. And yeah, I used to just, I felt so invincible and loved playing in the rain, like any kind of weather. I just loved it.
0: Mm.
2: How about you? I can't think of anything. Honestly, (laughs) I feel like I've just been so disassociated with my body for so long.
0: Mm. I
2: can't even think to remember a place in my life where I felt like I was connected to it. Even right now, as we're having this discussion, um, I'm not there with my body. I'm not Mm. really there. I mean, I feel like I am where I have like bouts of like, so I think, um, this past week I haven't been to the gym, but before that I was going like regularly. And I think up until maybe a year ago, before I moved to Montreal, I would go regularly. And I think that's when I felt most connected to my body. Um, because I felt like just i feel like when you're going to the gym it's like you're there for like whatever hour and a half like you know and it's like it's all just about your body like then that drive mm. and that feel that like comes from the narcissism of like staring at yourself in the mirror while you're like <laughs> lifting all these like weights is great. And so in that sense, I feel like that was probably the last time that I felt connected with my body, but I'm not really there. I, even when we're talking about self-care, I'm like, oh, but self-care like emotionally and mentally, but not necessarily physically. Like I haven't taken care of my body for, for years. I haven't, I, I'm so not there with this conversation of like this disassociation with the body is so real for me.
0: It's not so amazing because we think we know what self-care means, but Mm-hmm. We're actually not looking after our bodies. I remember the certain times I used to at night my feet used to hurt so much that I used to sit and massage my feet, mm-hmm. and I remember afterwards they used to really tingle, and it was like thank you feet for carrying me through the whole day. Mm-hmm. Like I never say thank you to my body. Yeah, right for for the amazing things it does.
2: You know, I'm thinking about how even like this disassoci- disassociation from my body is so real that for. For 21 years, I had dairy, even though I was lactose intolerant. Oh,
1: for 21 years. I remember
2: you. I remember. Remember when <laughs> I so found cute. out? When I, when I, when it clicked. I remember when we used to go out and you talked about it all the time. And <laughs> then you were like, I'm still going to eat this. I'm still doing it. Um, I was born lactose intolerant. And so I didn't drink mom's breast milk. And for 21 years, everybody forgot. Like what? nobody. I, I mean, I don't want to say like, Harpo, you didn't remember either. But like, obviously my parents should have you know, when I was younger, like kept me away from it, but we didn't. So for 21 years, the, the disassociation with my body was so real that I kept putting in something that was very detrimental and toxic to it, into it. And even now I struggle to, to take it out all the way. That's my self-care, right? Like removing dairy would be taking care of myself because I wouldn't be in pain all the time. I wouldn't be just dis- like uncomfortable. So, so what happens
0: that has you put milk in your body? Well, what do you mean say that oh, again? So what happens that has you put milk in your body? Your body doesn't want milk. You yeah. know you're lactose intolerant. But yeah. what has you take milk? My head. My brain. It's the brain again. It's, it's the mind. Stupid your mind's like, huh, mm-hmm. pila, pila. Yeah. <laughs> or like, oh my God, how can I not have cheese pizza? Like, ooh, I love cheese pizza. Isn't you know? it? Your mind is but, trying to tell your body what's what. And your body's already told you, I do the same thing. Yeah. Right? In the morning, I'll get up. And I'll just eat breakfast because, you know, I've been told breakfast is a healthy part of the day. But when I check in, sometimes my body wants to wait an hour before it eats breakfast. Mm -hmm. But I'm like on a schedule. I got to eat now because I have a call in half an hour. You know, and then so I do that to myself. And that's disassociation.
1: I was just thinking, I was just thinking about why I stopped playing soccer. And that was my brain telling me I didn't have enough time in the day to study. Mm. So I have to stop did I study 24 hours? No. Seven days a week? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> I in my bed horizontal wow. instead of playing soccer. Mm-hmm. And it was just soccer. It was league soccer. So I was not good at it. Like I said, it was not gold. It was not Metro. It was bronze. Like, you know, <laughs> just show up because your parents are driving you. Like it was low commitment and I couldn't do it. And then I I didn't even play um, school soccer. And I remember that year, my grade 12 teacher being like, yo, Simran, like, what are you doing? Are you sure you don't want to play? Like, it's literally so, it's even a lower commitment than league soccer. <laughs> it's one semester. And I was like, no, I can't. I got to grade 12. It's too hard. I can't do it. And I missed out on that. All my friends were playing. I missed out on that. I did it for years.
2: Were there any social we, reasons, though? Because I'm not going to get
1: into UBC <laughs> if I if I play league soccer.
2: What the hell? Were there any social reasons, though? Like, you know how you're, like, I don't know, because I can think of my social reasons for why I quit soccer. But were there any social reasons other than your brain telling you that, like, you don't have time? Well, I think with
1: exercise, my consistent thing that my mind is always telling me is, like, there's no point. It's like, okay, you're not happy with your body. the way it <laughs> I'm looks, sure there is. Let alone the way it's functioning. huh. Let alone the way it's functioning. And there's no point like okay you need to go to exercise you need to do this but then I'm like oh but you haven't done it for 24 years and now you're already gonna be a fat whale for the rest of your life and it's never gonna change and what's the point Aww. and how much it's not that much commitment and really you can change your body in way less time than that if you wanted to but like my mind is so powerful at telling me how mm-hmm. incapable I am that I just won't do it mm-hmm. so like so good at it the number of different kinds of Like I've tried joining the gym, I've tried kickboxing, I've tried yoga, I've tried so many things. I never stick to anything because by halfway through that commitment time period, or even less than sometimes, my body's already checked out, or my mind's already checked out. Mm -hmm.
2: I think when i My body wants
1: it. I know my body wants it. Sorry. My mind's checked out.
2: I think also I feel like um, I've done this a lot before where I feel like I tell myself that my body is not deserving of X, Y, and Z. Like yes, what? my mind too, but my body as well. You know, the whole works. Like me as a person, as like an individual entity, mm-hmm. is not deserving of the certain things. Um, not not like explicitly where I sit there and I'm like, Harpo, you are not deserving of love, or Harpo, you are not deserving of a really good cardio session. Uh, it's more so like. Yeah, like, what's the point? You know what I mean? Like you said, like, what's the point in mm-hmm. setting boundaries for yourself? What's the point in putting yourself first and having that really difficult conversation? Or what's the yeah. point in going to the gym three or four times a week? For years, mm-hmm. I've really, honestly, I need to be in Bollywood. Everybody knows that. But I wanted to Bollywood <laughs> dancing so bad. I wanted to do it. Anytime I'm listening to an Indian song, there's choreography happening in my head. Not a lot of people know that about me. But there's always choreography mm-hmm. happening in my head because I love it. I would do it in a heartbeat. But also like what is holding me back? You know, is it because I feel like I'm not deserving enough to like set aside an hour of a day every like week or whatever to go and just do it? It's the same thing as like taking care of myself emotionally, you know, physically as mm-hmm. well. It's like I just don't find myself deserving enough. I mean, I'm working on that. Like I said, I've had a very revolutionary relationship with self-care. I'm working on it, but I think for mm-hmm. for the longest time that's where a lot of my like not doing self-care situation came from.
1: I think also something I just that just clicked for me when you're talking about this was how not only are we so quick to say that we're not deserving of anything but also not recognizing what we have achieved or the things we have done even if they've not carried on Mm -hmm. so like you know if I you know, I was talking about all these different things that I tried. It's like, okay, well, at least you tried it. Mm-hmm. Like, you made mm-hmm. that effort. Now I'm not even doing that. But, like, <laughs> at some point, I did make that effort. But instead of looking at it as as, well, you trying or you as looking at this as a positive, you're looking at it as, well, you just quit everything you do. Mm-hmm. It's so mm-hmm. negative. And that's how I always view myself is very negatively.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And what kind of self-care is that?
0: What came to mind when you said that was, for me, it's not even about not deserving it. For me, it's... I'll just convince myself I don't have the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? I it's just, brain. I don't have the time. I don't have the time for 15 minutes to roll my back on the roller. Like, come on, of course I have the time. But my brain is so quick and I'm so quickly following my brain because I'm not in my body mm-hmm. and engaged with it that I'll just... The whole day will go by and I won't have seen the... I want to step out into the fresh air. Mm-hmm. I'll be just inside working all day. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: my friend Dilpreet. Um, Sim knows her, but my friend Dilpreet is. We've had a very interesting relationship when it comes to talking about our body and and like fitness because. Delpreet is someone who I don't, I don't know. I feel like I don't necessarily talk about like going to the gym and like working out with her because she's someone who will always make time for it. Doesn't matter Mm -hmm. how busy her life is, what's going on emotionally, always has the time for it. And I always felt like perhaps she's judging me a little bit for not like having the same time for it. And I would make up excuses like, well, I have X, Y, and Mm -hmm. Z happening, so I can't go. So you don't have it happening Mm -hmm. in your life. So you can go. And Mm -hmm. the only thing she would always say to me is like, no, you you have the time and you have the patience and you have all those things. You're just not prioritizing it. Mm -hmm. You don't Mm -hmm. don't care about yourself enough to like go there because you know how you feel afterwards, Harpo. You feel great afterwards. You feel great there. But Mm -hmm. the getting there part, you don't prioritize enough. And I think... Mm -hmm. I envy people like that. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I'm very envious of totally. how committed she is to just get there. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll call her at 1030 and I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I can't talk right now. I'm at the gym. And I'm like, 30 I'm in bed. <laughs> but she didn't have time all day long, but she knew at 1030 she's still going to go. She's still going to make it happen before the sun goes down or when the sun goes down. And sometimes mm-hmm. that's the thing, right? These people is like, how do they have time for it? But we don't. We still have the same number of hours in yeah. our day. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I want to pick up on what you said about commitment, mm-hmm. um, and I think for me it's discipline. I, that's the word I use. Yeah, and discipline so prioritizing my mind just has a field day with this because oh for sure it's like oh I don't have the discipline for this. I, you know, it's <laughs> it's like a straitjacket. I can't be. You can't put something down in your calendar that you have to do because then my mind's rebelling. So do you notice how it's all in the mind? All these patterns, these Mm -hmm. tricks, these stories I'm telling myself, they're all in my mind. And on Mm -hmm. the other hand, my body is like, hello, just go for a half an hour walk in the sun. Mm -hmm. It's not even expecting a lot. Just something. And I don't even give, give it the little thing.
2: So we lie to ourselves a lot. Mm, right, we lie to ourselves, we cheat ourselves. Honestly, mm-hmm. essentially, is what mm-hmm. it is, and it's our mind. It's our mind that's playing tricks on us. Our bodies love it, our bodies want it, mm-hmm. they crave it, but we don't do it. We just think that we're, we that we can have that disassociation from our bodies, and I think that's what I didn't understand when even Auntie approached this topic and was like, "I really want to talk about like health," and I was like, "Okay, like health and self care." I don't, I don't understand because isn't self care just emotional? Like, isn't it mental? isn't about, like, yeah, setting boundaries or, like, putting on a face mask. Like, isn't that what self-care is? But so much of it comes back to this vessel, which is our body. Like mm-hmm. you said, it's a vehicle. It should be a vessel. It should be something that's carrying us through our lives. And here we are ignoring it
0: so badly. Mm-hmm. So I want to bring us back to... I, I I think it's holistic. So I don't think we should be too uh, down on ourselves because we're working on different aspects. So I think... There can be a holistic way to look at self-care. So you look at your emotional well-being, your mental well-being, your spiritual well-being, and your physical well-being.
2: That's what my tattoo is for. Is that? Yeah. I've got uh, two exes sitting on top of each other to make an Ingus Ruin. And there's four lines and they're completely aligned. And it's balance between your mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional health.
0: Wow, I didn't know what that means. Yeah, oh, I don't really pay attention to those amazing. tattoos. Well, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. And so what I have done, there are times in my life I've really looked up to my emotional and mental health because I've needed to and my spiritual health. It's time for the physical body now, people. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's time. Mm-hmm.
2: I think it's also interesting that you say that you're going to focus on your physical health because you said that in our... In our first ever podcast, yeah. no, no, don't, no, you did though. I but, did, but okay, it's fine if it's coming, ah, if it's happening so six I. months after. Yeah, you both said that that health was something that you were going to work on in 2019. It's okay that it's taking you six months to get back to it because obviously the year is not over. Okay,
0: hang on a minute, Harpo. Mm-hmm. Don't be too quick to tell us it's okay. <laughs> is it not? No, no, no. I think I love the fact you pointed out that that's how I started because I had fucking forgotten. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like so pissed off at myself all over again, people.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it happens though. You you literally I, No, it, it doesn't
0: happen. It's because I'm I made it happen because I live in my mind. Enough excuses. Mm-hmm. Enough excuses. It's had 52 years. <laughs> okay. And you know what? You know what? Okay, so this is where. Let's get real. Mm-hmm. 52 years. What do you think I got? Another 20? Oh, however long? Like, oh, so this This is is what I want to do. You know what? I'm I'm just saying, but I want (laughs) to age gracefully. I want to age beautifully. Mm -hmm. Right? Right now, I don't have a role model for aging gracefully or beautifully. Mm
2: -hmm. I don't think we do
0: in our community, to be honest. Oh, my God. That's a whole other part... um, Episode. Yeah, no, it is.
2: And I was thinking because I said this to my mom, I think maybe in like April, I said this to my mom. So my family is really funny, right? My I have, uh, my dad has like six siblings. So there's seven of them in total. And it's so funny when I mean, they don't all live in the same place. But sometimes when there's like enough of them in a room and with their parents there. Oh my God, it's it's ridiculous. It's hilarious. It's like a thing in our family. Everybody just bounces off of each other talking about what's wrong with them. Like, oh, mira gorda, right? And then the other one will be like, oh, but meritui tui, right? Like they'll just bounce back and forth about everything that's wrong with them. And it turns into this like weird silent competition. And I remember saying to my mom one day um, when both my grandma and my dad were really sick and I was like, holy shit, I got to show up for myself. I am not going to be that at 50 and 80. That is not going to be me. I need to set that foundation Mm -hmm. today. I need to build those habits today of taking care of my body because you're right. The disassociation is so real. Like sometimes I look at my dad and I'm like, how did you not catch that 10, 15 years ago? Like that you had signs then of this manifesting in your body and look at it now, 10, 15 years later, it's come out as an illness. It's come as a, as a disease or whatever. But you're right. I want to age gracefully. I want to age with like a silver fox. Like I'm not going to dye my hair. I'm
0: going to look so sexy when I'm like 60, 70. Yeah, you look sexy now.
2: Thanks. (laughs) I'm not going to
0: deny it. Okay, so that's going to be the new thing. Because I think if I I sit back and think, oh, I'm going to look self-care. It doesn't excite me or or motivate me. But when I think about aging gracefully or beautifully, that has me. Okay, but can I call you out on something? Call me out on something. I'm going to call you out right now. You said you weren't
2: going to live in the past or live in the future. And thinking about aging gracefully for a hypothetical oh. future self is living in the future. Do it, for, do it for right now. Do it for yourself right now.
0: Yeah, actually, so, so the thing I realized is that my body lives at the present moment. So when I say, uh, so we started out by me saying how I was so stressed that my body wasn't even digesting food properly. That's me worrying So that's me not living in the, in the uh, Mm -hmm. past, not living in the present moment, I should Mm -hmm. say, living in the past of worry or in the future of worry. So I think if I do live in the present moment, like this moment Mm -hmm. and then the next moment and then the next moment, I will be making the right choices. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to do.
2: I'm going to be here to call you out in another six months. Oh my God.
0: Hopefully I don't have to call you out. Well, I hope so too. we'll start next week. (laughs) No, I'm I'm telling you. Me too, though. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Okay, so I want to wrap up by quoting this poem. It's called Wild Geese by Mary Oliver. And there's just one line in it that just really caught my attention. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. So when I think of my body as a soft animal, that's what we are really with instincts Um, I want to relax into that. You know, what is my body love in this moment and in this moment? And get really curious about it and actually get into relationship with it versus staying with my mind. That's what I want to do. How about you guys?
2: I think I want to be curious about my relationship with my body because, like I said, I'm still in that disassociation phase. I'm not like, I don't have this fiery like enigmatic feeling that you have about getting in touch with your body because you said this in the last episode too when we talked with with tack and you know mm-hmm. you want to get in touch with your cycle and your mm-hmm. period and your body um i don't have that yet i think i'm taking it one step at a time right now i'm doing a lot of decluttering and parenting my inner child so i need to attend to my emotional needs. but you said it's holistic you know it mm-hmm. is so hopefully remnants of that will find their place in my physical health as well I think moving forward, though, I know I'm going back to Montreal in September, and I need to really be able to prioritize my physical health while I'm out there because that's something that gets neglected a lot. I eat like trash. I don't gym. I don't. I just walk around. That's it. You know, and I think because I walk X amount of miles or kilometers, whatever, I'm doing my self-care physically. But I'm not, so... I think I'm going to start to just ponder and get curious and try to work through and past that disassociation. And, you know, like Sim was able to pinpoint when that disassociation happened, I think I'm going to try to scavenge. I think I'm going to turn to the back a little bit, to my past a little bit, and try to scavenge to see where that disassociation
0: started to happen. Maybe as you parent to your five-year-old, I you think can so. ask the five-year-old what she wants, and she'll want to skip and jump around. She won't want to mm-hmm. sit. When you said that, I it clicked in my mind where that disassociation happened. Oh,
2: Wow. Wow, a split second it took for me to understand where I had that disassociation with my body. I think a lot of women can relate sometimes. When when your physical space is um what's the word? Encroached. Yeah. That's when you start to disassociate with your body, I feel. Oh. That's a little dark. I'm not gonna open that box up today in this podcast, but I think that disassociation <clears throat>
0: happened in that moment. It's that quick. Whenever you yeah. are with the five year old, it's that quick. She understands so much, so spend more time with her.
2: Yeah, my five year old is. Uh... Yeah, yeah, mm. Sim's turn.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think what you said about getting more curious spoke to me, um, and I just want to stop giving so
0: many freaking excuses.
1: And
0: too many fucks given.
1: Literally.
2: Literally.
0: Too yeah. many.
1: About shit that does not matter or does not exist because I made it up in my head. So, yeah, a little bit of both of what you said. Living in the present and getting curious. And also, just go do something, Seren. Just go do something. Mm-hmm. It's not going to kill you. It's trying to do the opposite, actually. So, <laughs> yeah.
2: Alrighty then, folks. Mm-hmm. Get out your self-care toolkits. hmm and start looking through the toolbox to see what's in there and what you can use to do what
0: Mm -hmm. I can't wait to check in with you guys in a month's time I'm going to be on holiday for a month a whole month people (laughs) yes sorry get it girl (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry not sorry so whole month yeah of being in um inquiry about this being curious and being with my body yay woohoo